Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. I've had the good fortune of recently meeting today's guest, Anya Lenine, through LinkedIn. And she's a champion of something that is close to my heart. And I'm sure it'll be really interesting for our listeners today. Anya has a passion for taking an holistic approach to health. She's a personal trainer, menopause champion, and has lots of great information to share about taking control of the controllables in our lives, especially in relation to minimizing the symptoms of menopause and improving our overall mental, emotional and physical health. Anya, welcome. How are you? Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm really well and I'm delighted to be here. Hopefully I can share some information that will help your listeners manage better or just feel better in themselves. And I think just the topic, there will be lots of our listeners, Anya. That's why I was super excited when we connected, because it is a topic that I think is still real. I'm really passionate about just overall mental, emotional, physical health as well and living our best lives, but also being in that demographic of navigating menopause. And I know a lot of my girlfriends have had different experiences and I've got a daughter I've got a lot of, there's a lot of younger listeners as well. So I thought it would just be a really great topic to talk about, just to share information. But before we kind of dive into, you know, navigating the the experience of menopause, tell us a little bit about you and your kind of philosophy of life. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's a very big question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, well, as you said, I'm a personal trainer. I've been working in the fitness industry for over 16 years. And, you know, it was one of those things when, I kind of did my training because I thought I've talked about this for so long. I've actually got to put some action into this, but I was in my early thirties and I thought, you know what? Oh, I won't last in the industry too long because it's a real young person's game. But I was so wrong because as we get older, you know, someone in their fifties doesn't want a 20 year old trainer who's got no idea about menopause and about having children and just the demands on life. So yeah, that side of the business is still going great guns. And as I've got older, so a lot of my clients have as well, and that whole menopause thing started rearing its head. So a few years back, I went through menopause a bit younger. I'm 50 and I'm already through through that. But as I started realising that the heat that I was feeling wasn't coming from exercise, but was actually coming from hot flushes, which was a bit of a, a shock to um, the system because it, it just wasn't something I'd, I'd thought about yet. How old were you then when you were experiencing well, now it? you're asking. Well, I'm 50 now. I'm going to say 47. Yeah, 47, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. my mum passed many years ago, so I couldn't ask her 
she was of a generation where I, I remember her having HRT, but it wasn't really talked about. Yeah. So, yeah, I then started doing some research and discovered a dietary change that made a huge impact to me on me. So that sort of prompted me on that whole journey of discovery and learning. I've done some training and all that kind of stuff on menopause, but specifically a natural approach to menopause because of the exercise background that I have. And I just think, well, I'm not a doctor and I'm not about to go off and study to become a doctor, but I think there is, I know there is so much that we can do to, to affect our general health and well-being. So that's kind of where I came at that. And I do like to, I talk about controlling your controllables and really, you know, your choices matter. You know, whether you have a healthy lunch or you have an unhealthy lunch, you miss lunch or you have a takeaway, whatever it is, everything's a choice. Yes. Going to an exercise class, not going to an exercise class. You know, everything we do is a choice and it either takes us towards a goal or away from it if you you want to look on a bigger picture. So I like to be in control. So, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that is be conscious of your choices. And, you know, and if you don't want to, we're not going to choose 100 percent. Well, 100 percent. of the time. I, Yeah, I, I, I'm very much um, of that same philosophy. That yeah, I mean, it's about absolutely. living my best life. But that doesn't mean that I'm 100 percent. 100% of the time. Yeah, <laughs> it exactly. does not I'll, mean that. At I'll all. have a glass of wine and I'll, you know eat the sometimes foods as we like to call yes. them but when I do I enjoy them I do it yes. consciously and I really enjoy it and I'm not going to beat myself up over that and it's taken me a long time to get there I so think that's I'm, a really important point I might just unpack that a little bit about those conscious choices because everything is a choice it is a choice a lot of people say oh, I had no choice you know I it, that's sorry that's bullshit because you did yeah. have a choice. You might not have felt it at the time, but by not yeah. doing something is a choice as well. By not making a change is a choice yeah. that you're yeah. choosing to stay where you are. And that's completely, we're not here to say, you know, we're right, you're wrong. But it's about, for me, thinking about if I choose to do something today, what are the implications of that tomorrow is how I kind of yeah. live. And it is a little bit of that. It's balance for me. It's balance. It is. And do you know what? Unless you're particularly training for like a bodybuilding competition, you know, where they have those really strict regimens and strict diets and things like that. Most of us are just living life and want to have a good time, you know, see our friends, be healthy. And it's about having that balance, as you say. And I, you know, I often say, I think we're almost a a victim of the affluence that most of us live in these days and that everything's available to us. When I was growing up, you know, we didn't have the fancy cheeses and all those things all the time. There were special occasion foods and they've slowly crept into a lot of people's every day. So to then go back and and just eat a cleaner diet, it seems like such a a big challenge, but it's actually, it's the way a lot of us grew up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'm a, I'm a a bit older than you. I'm 56. I'm 57 in a couple of months. I do you know what name age is really just a number for me, but it's also the same sort of thing that there's been a lot of society's changed and what we're exposed to has changed as well. Going to step back a little bit. You said, you know, getting into the fitness industry, you thought it was a young person's game, but you found that a lot of your clients as they aged and you age, yeah. you kind of match them. I find that too with my coaching that, you know, certainly I have younger clients, but a lot of them are reflective of where I'm at in life as well, going through changes. 
Um, yeah, I think it comes down to that whole, you know, that saying you're a reflection of the five people closest to yes. you. Yes. And, you know, that's going to be a little bit broader for me. But yeah. I've, I've honestly found over the years, as I've kind of relaxed into that, the clients that seek me out fit in. Yes. You know, they fit in with the group that we've already got going. We get on really well. Every now and again, there's someone that maybe doesn't feel as comfortable in the group, and that's fine. That's going to happen. But, yeah, definitely, because – we can relate to each other. We've, you know, we've got children at school. We've got aging parents yeah. we're going through menopause. We're trying to work. We're trying to keep a relationship going quite often. It's, you know, there's a lot going on in there's our There's a lot going on. A 20-year-old trainer is not going to understand. Yes. And, yes. They, and, and ne- neither should they. That's not a criticism. It's no. just, you know, different. Yeah, just different. different and just thinking yeah. about, you know, who, who you're seeking help from as well. Yeah. Tell me what symptoms you went through when you were experiencing menopause. So the main one really was the hot flushes and yeah. I got a really hot back. It oh, was really bizarre. <laughs> My back just started burning up and I was like, what is that? It was really strange. Interesting. So, Do you um, know what? I had, I'm having a little bit of hiatus from rowing at the moment, but when I went through menopause, I, again, the hot flushes, but I would get hot knees and hot ankles when I was rowing and I would be rowing with my girlfriends and they're just going, what the fuck? Like, really, <laughs> what is that about? And it was just like my knees and my ankles. So I had to think about the type of in winter, I would wear long socks that I could then push down because my ankles yeah. would get hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is the thing that we're, we're all going to go through menopause. Half yeah. the population. Yeah. Roughly half the population is going to go through menopause, whether it's a natural menopause, whether it's medically induced as a result of, you know, surgery or medical treatment, whatever it is, we're all going to experience it at some point, but we're all going to have our own journey. Yes. So unfortunately, I can't sit here and go, (laughs) you know, do this, this and this and you'll be fine. But generally, yeah, there's some broad guidelines. But yeah, we're all going to go through our own experience. And I think when we were having a chat prior to this, we were talking about that, that each person's journey is their individual journey. There there will be some similarities with some people, but it's about what I love about the podcast is just hearing stories from women about how they do life and the pearls of wisdom just drop for the people who need to hear them. So I think even just hearing some different experiences and just keeping an ear out for what how others might be able to navigate will be really useful anyway. Let's explore some of the terminology. Menopause, perimenopause, what are they? So menopause, by definition, is just 12 consecutive months without a period. Perimenopause is the lead up to that time. So if you think about menopause as the flip side of puberty. Yes. So I've got some teenagers at home and mine mine all go through puberty a bit later. So they're sort of hitting year 10, 11 when they're going through it, whereas some of their friends went through, you know, they were getting kids getting periods in year 12, year six, you know, when they're 12 years old and things like that. So again, they go through their own stages as we do on the other side with, with perimenopause. So roughly around the early forties, things are going to start changing. You probably won't notice it immediately. It's one of those things where often we look back and we go, Oh, is that what was going on? Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's why I was a bit cranky. I'd like to say that, yeah, maybe, maybe that was a, a few years of crankiness as well. That, um, that was one of those symptoms potentially for me. Um, I might have started very young. Then. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm sure that's what my husband and kids might say going, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, now that's the thing because there is so much going on in life when you're 40, 40, 40, 50. Ish, yeah. 
it's like, you know, what is it? What's actually going on? It's, and it's only when, or it's quite often when it's something that really hits you in the face and you go, oh, okay, time to do something about this, that we kind of look back and go, oh, okay. So, yeah, the perimenopause is when our estrogen levels are starting to drop. And the reason we get the symptoms is that fluctuation in hormones. So estrogen drops, the progesterone, the testosterone all fluctuate. And those waves, those changes, that's where we're going to get the symptoms. So by managing some of our lifestyle choices, we can minimize those waves. So rather than extremes, extreme highs and lows, we're going to shorten those ups and downs. I'm not going to say you're going to get rid of all your symptoms. I still have hot flushes. I still wake up at 2 a.m. What is it about 2 a.m.? Actually, I remember one of my girlfriends, she had very specific times that she would wake up. Mine were, when I had the hot flushes, it would be, you know, that whole wave of sort of starting from your feet and it would creep up through your body. And then it was just like, oh, my God, I'm about to self-combust. And, you know, the leg out of the blankets, I'd have blankets on and off and on and off. And then, but mine wasn't a specific time. I remember my girlfriend had a very specific time she would wake up. Yeah, it's funny. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's the, 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 the fluctuation of the hormones kind of doing that reset. Yeah. And that's, that's where we're getting the, getting the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And it can happen like you were sort of mentioning, you know, sort of early-ish forties, but that's also, you know, there are people outside that as well. There are, you know, yeah. so, yeah. so please for those listening, don't take this. We're not medical doctors. We're just talking about, okay. yeah. you know, some of the experiences and you may relate, you may not relate, but yeah. um, I yeah. think it's a good topic to, to be talking about and kind mm. of normalising because um, I'm not sure if it's yet normalised. Certainly I do a lot of work with leadership coaching and women in the workplace. Don't know if it's normalised in the workplace. Yeah, that's that's where I'm that? really trying to get the message yeah. into the workplace. And I've spoken to some companies that have policies and they're starting to try and, yeah. and you know, sort of really incorporate that and support those women. But yeah, it's, it's a slow, it's a slow burn. It's starting to happen. We've had some high profile people write books and yes. come out and really own, own their yes. menopause. You know, there, there's some people are saying that we're the ones that really fought for the maternity leave back when we were having kids. Yeah. And now we're hitting menopause. Next, and we're, you know, we're starting to talk about this and really, um, really drive this. And it's happening around the world that the UK is really leading the way. The, the conversation's happening a lot over there. I know I'm in touch with people in New Zealand, they're really starting to to get the conversation going. And do you know what? The more we talk about it, the yes. more normalised it becomes yes. and the better we're going to feel. Yeah. The more you're going to realise that, oh, okay, I'm not the only one yeah. waking up at 2am or, you know, having hot ankles. <laughs> Actually, I think I am the only one that I've talked to that's okay. had that, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's textbooks about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the thing, you know, it's – and also – I've spoken to men and I can kind of see their eyes glaze over. And one mm. actually did say to me, oh, but that's that's a woman's problem. I'm actually, no, no, you need to live with us. Yeah, so exactly. your problem as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if we can empower men to have some knowledge that they can just be supportive and yeah. maybe, you know, offer a glass of cold water if it's needed or whatever it is, just, to, again, it's normalise it. It's not, it's a perfectly natural Yes hormonal change that's all it is it's a hormonal change we're all going to go through it and yeah so perimenopause is the lead up menopause is the 12 months that moment in time and then it's post-menopause and you might still have some of those symptoms as your your hormone lingering yes yeah so look it can go on for 10 years for some women and that's the thing you know some will sail through it and I think that's why a lot of women kind of go 
they roll their eyes and go, oh, it's another thing we've got to put up with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I, I get that. Yeah. And and I think just for commonality, common, I don't know if that's the word, but we'll refer to it as menopause, yeah. but even technically that's the 12, yeah. you know, having 12 months of no period. Menopause but, is fine. Everyone understands what we yes, mean by that. Yeah, so, what yeah, we're yeah, meaning yeah. by it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some of our listeners won't want to hear that 10-year time frame. <laughs> Do you know what it can be? I've heard women that have said, oh, my God, I'm just still going through this and some people experience really challenging symptoms too it's not just the hot flush but have you experienced you know some of your clients have they had some really challenging experiences yeah some of them like migraines yes the extreme brain fog as well yeah anxiety is a really big one as well that's somebody women who used to be really together and organized and on top of everything i'm just facing this crippling anxiety um to the point where a lot of them leave work because they, yeah. you know, and, you know, from the work side of things, if you think about that, you've got this highly capable, yes. knowledgeable, experienced yes. Yes. worker who's then just leaving with all that wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And, you know, so if we can support women. Yeah. Do you know what I find? Because I, I do coach a lot of women in that senior leadership role. And some of them going through the the perimenopause and experiencing that brain fog is the brain fog and in meetings where they have that, you know, that hot flush happening. And, you know, it's just kind of and I've experienced that, too. For me, that brain fog was tricky to navigate because very, very capable. And then it just it was just like, shit, I can't even remember. I just can't even remember. Yeah. And, and a lot of my clients are saying similar things that in the workplace, they're, you're right, they, they're almost getting this self-doubt creeping in because the shift from being very, very capable to not even remembering what, what they're, you know, yeah. midway through a sentence and also about how they um, are perceived. And if we can normalise that in yeah. the workplace, that it's not, you know, it is a, you know, a symptom. It's mm. not saying that that person is not capable. And I really loved how you said just for our male friends and also other women who are not experiencing the symptoms or not yeah. have, you know, just being aware and being yeah. mindful and kind to others that are. Yeah. yeah. That it, and, and that's not just in relation to menopause. That's just in, in relation. In general. To yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Those symptoms go away again. Yes. The brain fog goes away. Yes. Yes. I have found. I've really reached that age of I don't care anymore. Yes. <laughs> my, my, sorry, my son said something to me about being embarrassing the other day. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I have reached that age where I just don't yes. care what people think. And I've also realised that all those years, most people weren't even looking anyway. Oh, no, that's right. We we, wor- we worry no far watching. too much. We are yeah, just worried far too much it's, about um, things. So. It, it's actually quite freeing and it's it's really quite good. But, you know, in the workplace, I know some women – do have the confidence to sort of stand there and go, oh, sorry, just having a menopause moment. Yes, yes. Yeah, maybe we'll get to that stage one day where you can have, if that's, you know, your style, that you can have a bit of a laugh about it and go, sorry, just, you know, lost my train of thought. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and and I guess for me it's about what feels right for people to how uh, how they approach it themselves and what they're comfortable with. But it's about that normalising, that it's okay to be able to talk about it or not talk about it Mm -hmm. and just that it's not a big deal. That's something that we we, we do go through. Anya, you mentioned that it's a kind of a Western phenomenon that, you know, some of the 
the symptoms maybe are more common. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so they've actually discovered that women in cultures where getting older is revered, where the um, that older generation is looked up to for their experience and their knowledge and you know, all those things, those women actually don't experience the same menopausal symptoms that we in a Western society do. Under, you know, sort of, that's a general term. But, you know, that's probably because they're not afraid of getting older. It's actually a good thing. You're going to be one of the elders of the of the clan, of the society. They probably also have more of a societal construct where we do live together as more of a society rather than the individual family silos. And those women fare a lot better than we do. And their hormones are changing the same as ours. Wow, that's interesting. So, you know, because in our Western society, there's so much talk about it's going to be harder to find work in your 50s and, you know, you're just you're getting older and you're invisible and all these kinds of things that it makes it not so much fun to getting older. Yes, yes. And if that's something that you're dreading, then any process that's involved with getting older is going to be something to dread. Yeah. So if we can turn that around and actually, you know, I'm, I'm owning the fact that I've got this newfound confidence and freedom and I love that. And I think every birthday that you have is something to be celebrated because it's another birthday you're celebrating. We, we've probably all got people in our lives who aren't celebrating birthdays anymore. So if we can change our thinking around that, I think that that's a big part of that whole menopausal experience. And, you know, I'll say to a lot of my clients is reflect back on what the conversation was when you were growing up. Yes. What, you know, and that, that goes to so many things like, you know, the whole diet culture. Yeah. Clients who've, I've got clients whose parents actually used to say to them, oh, you're a bit pudgy or you need to lose some weight and all that. And they've carried that into their adults. Of course. Yes. And it stays with them. And that same thing, if, if you've grown up with mum, aunt, whoever in your life having a really tough time with menopause and really struggling, then you've probably taken on some of that and you've got, you know, I, I like to think of it this way, that if you kind of go, okay, well, there's menopause and I might get a hot flush. So if you're thinking, oh, that's something to dread, then you feel the hot flush coming along. You go, oh, my goodness, there we go. Of course, it, it was going to happen and there it is and it's horrible. Or if you flip it around, you go, well, I might have a hot flush. And then it comes along, you go, oh, my goodness, that's really hot. Let me get, you know, strip off some clothes, grab a fan and have a bit of a laugh about it and kind of go, oh, okay, that's part of the process. It's going to, you're going to handle things a lot better. And yeah. I think that just goes towards a general mindset. So I do a lot of mindset work with my yeah. clients. Yeah. I was just going to go down that path. It's like, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So if you think it's oh, going to be shitty and you think it's not, I mean, I, I don't want to minimize people's symptoms at all, but I think it's also about being intentional about it. Like my mum passed away when I was young. So even before I had my period. So I needed to know, you know, I navigated that as a young, you know, girl, woman, no idea how to navigate life. And a little bit was like when I was going through menopause as well, like I didn't have very severe symptoms, but it was kind of like I had no history. The doctors will say, well, what was your mum's experience? And I'm like, "Mm, she was 36 when she passed away. So, you know, I've got no idea. And they're like, oh, okay. So, and I'm just kind of going, you know what, it'll be what it'll be. And in the scheme of things, it's been pretty mild I remember I I hate the cold and I would always say oh I can't wait till I go through menopause because then I'll have these nice warm hot flushes (laughs) and then when I had my first one it was just like holy shit like that's not 
I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. But it was just quick. It was discomfort. Yeah. And then it was just, and I did some dietary changes as well. I, I probably yeah. did that consciously. No, yeah. I probably just did it that happened to coincide. I think in retrospect, I've learned much more about it as I've kind of navigated through going, oh, maybe I could have even done a little bit better than, you know, yeah. just with dietary and natural yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 I think mindset plays a, a big part in it, not the only yeah, part, but a big part. Yeah. It does. And it's also going to influence the choices that you make. Yes. Like you say with, with the food, like alcohol is one of the big things that you sort of, you know, if you, if you are really struggling with the symptoms, it can be a big trigger. Yeah. Now, you know, so they're, maybe choose to have a few alcohol-free nights a week. Mm. And then when you do have a drink, really sit and enjoy it consciously. You know, make that decision. I'm going to have, I don't know, a glass of wine, a gin and tonic, whatever it is that you really enjoy, but actually sit and enjoy it. But I think a lot of women, when they're going through this really busy time in their lives, they're getting to the end of the day and they're going, oh, I just really need a glass of wine. Or, and if if you're not in the best headspace, it's really, really hard to then say no to that glass of wine. Yeah. Hey, gorgeous Happiness Hive listeners. Just a quick little interruption to this awesome podcast. Do you want more from life? Are you looking for inspiration and motivation to take yourself and your life to the next level? Do you want to shift your current energy and attitude towards life and create a positive mindset that is aligned with building and living the life of your dreams? Come and join us in the Happiness Lounge. This is my premier membership club and it's your one-stop shop and central hub for everything you'll need to catapult you into a life beyond your wildest dreams. It's a unique and powerful platform where you not only get to focus on your own personal growth and transformation, but you also get to be part of a community of high vibe and inspirational women from all around the world who are working towards the same goal of creating a life filled with joy, success and unlimited abundance. I've personally created a whole range of resources to fast-track your results to becoming fabulous in everything you do. If this sounds like something that you want to be part of, come and join us in the Happiness Lounge. Hit the link in the show notes and let the fun begin. Okay, now back to the podcast. So, I find that with food. <laughs> I find that just generally with food. If I'm, I've been tracking patterns and if I'm tired, then it's almost like I don't have the strength to make the choices. But like you said, I don't... I, I do it for a bit, but then I'm back on that, you know, mindfulness about yeah. how I do it. So what are some things that we can do? We've talked about some of the symptoms. We've talked about, you know, some of the things we can do in the workplace to help others out. What are some things? We've talked a little bit about diet as well. What are some other ways that we can help sort of navigate that journey of the hormonal Yeah. Journey? Look, I think working on your mindset and what your expectations are, of your life now and having a really clear picture of what you want your life post-menopause to look like and having a really positive thing to look forward to, I think that really does help. And it might come across as a bit woo-woo, but I think most of us are now getting around that mindset is a yeah. powerful, powerful tool. Yeah. Yeah. So having something really positive to look forward to because I always say the choices you make today and the things we do now will impact your life in the next 5, 10, 20 years. So if you've got that really clear, beautiful vision of a future – It'll make it easier today to, you know, choose to eat better or exercise or whatever. So I think that that's a really powerful thing to have that goal to look forward to and, and have that as your driver as to, you know, am I going to choose to step towards or away from that goal? I've got to say exercise. 
yeah you know with my background but it is proven but it is proven it is yes. proven it makes you feel better so it's got that the mental health side yeah. of things that makes you feel better it's uh, we also lose bone density and muscle mass from our 30s i think we reach peak bone density sort of in our 20s even and then the muscle mass starts to go as well so that strength work is really, really important to work on the muscle mass, to work on the bone density, because, again, we don't want to be falling and breaking a hip when we're older. Or we you hear that a lot, back. don't you? You hear that a lot. I was talking yeah. with a girlfriend just this week about bone density tests. Do you do that? Because I haven't, but I it has been recommended yeah. that I do. So I, that's on my to-do yeah, list. Yeah, it's one of the things list. they say to do around the age of 50 and I recently changed GPs and she was going through everything we did all the blood tests and she said oh with your job you'll be fine you know we we won't do the bone density test and I felt I was like oh I'd quite like to have a benchmark of where I'm yeah, at I think that's a good because idea. my grandmother had osteoporosis and I am built I'm very like her yeah so I'm actually very consciously doing more strength work and you don't have to be lifting loads of weights every single day you know if you can do it a couple of times a week 20 minutes half an hour if you're new to it, get some supervision, you know, make sure you're doing the right thing. Don't hurt yourself. But it is so, so important. Um, and so it's a strength work, but it's also that mobility as well and flexibility. Do you, I, I just find yeah. that health for me is one of my top values in life because it doesn't matter how much money or how good my life is. If I don't have my health, it's not going to be much chop being in a nursing home, not being able to do anything. Well, so... Yeah. I'm exactly the same. And I always said, you know, if you've got your health and you lose all your money, yeah. then you can go out and work. You can do something. Yeah. I mean, if you're healthy, you can, you can go and do something. But if you're unhealthy and you lose all your money, and let's face it, we all need some money to well, live. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But if you're unhealthy, that's really going to limit your options yeah. in earning that money back again. So your health, in, in my mind, it is the number one yeah. thing that that commodity that we've got yes i think it's it's really it's a privilege to have but it's also a responsibility to look after i think i agree and i think even that analogy of if we were given a car when we were born and we had to maintain that car for our whole lives and we knew that that was the only car we were going to have we would have it in service we would you know we would shine it up we would look after we would take care of it but our bodies, we're given this body when yeah. we, you know, come into this life. This is our vessel for the life and it's about looking after that so it can actually carry us through life. So for me, health is, you know, yeah. up high priority. And sometimes, you know, I'm not saying that I'm, God, I'm far from perfect around that stuff, but it's about also my mum passed away when she was 36. Mm. So heart health is really important for me. Mental health is really important. My dad lost mobility later in his life. And so it's kind of like, I I don't want to be like that. No, no. Yeah. The heart health that you say, that's a really key one because menopause or women, like up until menopause, our risk of heart disease is way down on men. Once we hit menopause, it skyrockets. We go right there. We, we get up there with, with the male risk levels. And the thing is, all those heart attack symptoms that they talk about yes. in men, they don't happen to us. No. They, no. But they call them general heart attack symptoms, you know, the, the ache in the arm and the chest and all that. For women, it's a lot more subtle. Wow. So that is one of the things as well that they recommend that you get, like calcium scores done on your heart and just 
But there again, the exercise is is a big part of, of your heart health and your brain health. Yes, yes. I met this fabulous woman the other day who um, has a similar approach to me in terms of a natural approach to, to health, but she specialises in brain health and in particular in dementia. Yeah. She said the same thing. There are so many things that we can do to maximise our brain health. That's cool. That's cool. And, yeah. and and so we're sort of talking about menopause being a, you know, a point in our, you know, women's lives and the symptoms that go with that and how we navigate it. But what a lot of what we're talking about is really just about how we navigate yeah. life, yeah. really, you know. Yeah. T- take and I, I think it's really exciting that we that we can make changes. Yes. That yeah. we have that choice to eat better, move more, Focus on your stress management. You know, try and maximize your sleep, the sleep quality as well as the quantity. You know, a lot of what I teach is actually free to implement. Yes. yes. But we just, you know, once we know those things and we can, you know, that, that saying of when you know better, you can do better. I think it's great to say, you know, yes, you're going to go through menopause, but you don't have to suffer that much. Yeah. Yes, some people will have a different experience and some more extreme than others, but we actually have it within our power, within our grasp to make things better. And I think that's really, that's really empowering. It's really exciting. And did I just popped into my mind then when you were saying that? Yes, there are women that will have, you know, not great experiences with menopause like there are in other things, but that's also not diminishing. What I don't want women to do is just feel guilty because they didn't. It's almost like, oh, I can't talk about my experience because it wasn't bad and I don't want to upset somebody. I think that's about it's your experience and share your experience because that's also about normalising it as well. It's a normalising the extremes but not making your experience less than because Mm. you didn't have all the shittiness that others had. I think. Do you you find some women do that? I think. But it's almost like, oh, shit, I don't want to say anything because mine wasn't actually that bad when, yeah. you know, Mary down the road was really okay, suffering. Yeah. I find that in life, too, that some women don't celebrate what's going on for them. It's almost like they're dulling their sparkle. They don't want to make someone else feel bad. They don't want to make yeah. somebody else feel bad. It's about owning. For me, it's about owning it and yeah. sharing it and, mm. you know, helping and supporting others, but also not not making excuses for the experience that I've been through either. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of find that in other areas of life as well. Tell me, tell me, there's a number of our listeners that will be thinking that menopause is like a 100 years away and it's not even something that they need to think yeah. about. Hopefully we've shared some <laughs> tips that might help them, but is there anything for our younger listeners that might be a, a juicy pearl of wisdom for them? Oh, look, the sooner you can put your healthy practices in place, the better off you'll be. And it's it's one of those situations where you're not going to be able to turn back the clock and go, right, if I do things differently, let's see what happens that way. You've kind of just got to have that faith that, you know, implementing regular exercise, really focusing on yourself as well, your mental health, your stress management, your sleep and your diet. Yeah. The better off, the sooner you do those things, the better off you'll be in life in general. In general, yes. So, yeah, that to me would be just be kind to yourself. Choose well for yourself what, you know, the things that matter to you. And when you do have those celebrations and you have the cake or the wine or the cheese or whatever it is that that floats your boat, that's your real, you know, your soul food, shall we say, yeah. 
yeah enjoy them don't you know don't spend don't your life guilty for yourself. them yes yeah oh no life's too short to feel life guilty is way that. too so, short yeah you know I, I like to say to my kids you know if you can if a situation is bothering you if there's something happening you don't like can you do something about it if yes then do it yeah. if you can't do something because there will be situations you can't change you know yeah. we're going to go through menopause it is yeah. what it is but then learn to live with it yeah Learn to live with it because just sitting back and feeling sorry for yourself, you can do that for a little bit, but then, you know, sort of give yourself a bit of a kick in the pants and go, right, I'm either going to, you know, change what I can change, make choices, learn to live with with what I need to live with and surround yourself with people who will support you. Yes. You know, I think that's a huge thing because sometimes we do have those people around who, you know, I think we've probably all experienced the, the you say, right, you know, come Monday, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to do this exercise, I'm going to do this, and then you'll always have those people who go, oh, yeah, you know, that'll last a week, and then I'll see you back here again, you know, or you'll say you want to go to the gym, and they'll go, oh, no, come out, come out with us, we're going to the pub, and, you know, those those detractors, identify those people in your life, and just be aware when you are interacting with them, I'm not saying ditch them, just be aware when you're interacting (laughs) with them, that they're not really going to support you. And yeah, then they're not go find those supporters yeah. who will get up early with you or who will, you know, have a soda water with you rather than a glass of wine or whatever it is. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm creatures. We need, we need that support. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm grinning. I've written a masterclass for my membership community, the happiness lounge today. I recorded that was about attracting the right kind of people into your life. And I was talking about that, you know, you are the average of the five people that you spend most time with. So who are those five people in your life and are they supporting you on your journey or are they actually holding you back? Mm -hmm. And that's very much what you've just said there too, that it's, you know, it might not be about ditching them or it might be, but it might be about spending more time with people who are going to inspire and uplift you. So you and can. It's, it's those conscious choices again. Conscious choices. It's absolutely and conscious. Yeah. Sometimes if you, if you just sit down and think about different people in your life and what that brings up in you. Yes. You know, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go and see, you know, Joe down the road. Oh, I'm really excited about that. Or, oh, he's going to be a bit of a shit. Yeah. Because your body doesn't lie. Yeah. You know, when you talk about that gut, that gut yeah. feel, yeah. you can't override that. No. You can override what's going on in your head, but listen to your gut. And if something doesn't feel quite right or then, you know, learn to to live with it somehow or change it if you can. Do you know what I think there too, Anya? It's about listen to your gut, like really listen to it. Because I reckon most people do get some sort of a signal, but then they just leave it. They they ignore it. So Mm. kind of go, what is that telling me? What is that? What what do I need to know about that feeling? Is that something that I just need to, is it a little bit of a red flag or is it me being judgmental about somebody who really I not giving the benefit of the doubt to like, really, what is that Mm. telling you? Um, Because I find a lot of people just go, oh yeah, I don't know. It's like, well, have you really sat and listened and inquired? And some people don't know how to do that. And for me, it's just about going, oh, what's that? What's that about? What what do I need to know about that little niggly feeling that I've got? Yes, so I think trusting. trusting. Yeah, I mean, they're learning more and more about the gut-brain axis. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that comes back to, you know, sort of the way you feed yourself as well, the kinds of foods you decide to, if you yes. choose to eat are going to have a big impact on what's going on in, the, in your gut. Yes. 
it really does influence so much. It's so powerful. That's so, oh my gosh, I love all of that. And that's that holistic oh. approach to, to health as well. Now, th- there are things where people, women are experiencing, you know, very severe symptoms and there are certainly hormone replacement therapy that they can, you know, explore. Mm. I, I mean, I would suggest talk to your health professional about that and do what's right for you don't do what's right for your girlfriend don't do what's right for the chick that sits next to you in the the leadership meeting do what's right for you like take ownership I went do you know what a couple of years actually this just popped into my mind it's probably maybe three years ago when I was experiencing some fairly severe symptoms and I went to see my GP but she wasn't available so I went and saw a replacement GP who was a woman who was an absolute cow of a doctor who, and she's going, why do you want all these tests? Why do you want to know stuff? Like, what's this about? And blah, blah, blah. And like really quizzing me. And I felt very disempowered, I guess. I felt very, um, she made me feel bad or I felt bad from what she was saying. And then I said to her at the end of that appointment, I'm actually taking control of my health and I'm wanting to do some checks just in relation to, and to me, I think they were just fairly standard blood tests and stuff and I just and I had to go to the doctor the other day I I don't normally go to um mainstream doctors as my first point of call but I did go and her name was on the like do I want to book in I'm just going no way like she made me feel really or I felt really not great about myself and choices and I thought sorry fuck you (laughs) and it was about really taking back my power and control over my own health yeah um so even sometimes our health practitioners aren't great yeah. Yeah. sorry that was a bit of a rant because that just made me it just reminded me how angry I was about her so true and the thing was I, I go through this in my in my program as well when I'm working with clients the things to ask your doctor oh good so find a doctor who specializes in women's health because I, I, this blows my mind but of the population is female Mm. and doctors do not learn about menopause. Oh my God. They don't learn. They might touch on it. They might touch on it, but not really specializing. They don't learn about nutrition. Again, Mm. they might touch on it Mm. and it frustrates me no end because the, you know, they'll give you medicine to put into your body, but that, that has an effect on your body, but don't consider the fact that the food you put into your body has an effect on your body. Yeah. And it, just, it, it blows my mind. So, yes, finding an alternative doctor who yeah. will consider the holistic is is fabulous. But also finding a doctor who has then gone off and, and specialised more in, in women's health. Yes. Because yeah. the options for HRT these days are vast. Yeah. They're really, it's come such a long way. It's really safe. And because there are so many options, it is really worth having a chat with your GP. If, you're, if you've got to that stage where you're like, you're just overwhelmed by the symptoms, don't sit and suffer through them. No, don't do that, no. Go and get some HRT. The stuff that I talk about will help minimise some of your symptoms. It'll help you live a healthy, vital life post-menopause. Because yeah. I think, you know, we all want to be active, most of us anyway, after after menopause. But if you're really, really suffering... Go and get help. We have that help available. We have that knowledge. We have the medications. And hopefully if you're doing all the other things, then you won't need to be on the HRT for that long. But there are creams and gels and patches and pills. And, you know, there are so many different options that if you find the right doctor, they can really help hone in on on whatever your symptom is. It might be itchy skin. It might be migraines. 
It might be vaginal dryness. There's so many different things that, you know, and I read the other day, there's something like 34 or 35 common symptoms. Okay. You know, you might have a combination of those. You might have a cocktail of symptoms, you know. Mm. So if you find the right doctor who will talk to you and listen to you and, you know, I think that's so important. But, yeah, blood blood tests are one of the key things as well. And one of those things I think – I highly recommend getting done regularly so that you have that benchmark because sometimes, sometimes that symptom that you're feeling can actually be a mineral or vitamin deficiency. It might be something else going on in the body. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's a really good point is just menopause is a point in time or a period in time, but it's about our holistic approach to our health and well-being and having those regular checkups is important with your health practitioners around that. So taking control. Oh my gosh, time just goes and goes and goes. Tell us where people can find you, Anya. I was going to chat in with you. I can detect a little bit of an accent there. Where are oh, you? Where's that I from? I grew up in South Africa. Yeah. But my family's German. Oh, interesting. Anya. Yeah. And then the surname's Irish because the husband's Irish. So we've oh. got a melting pot here. <laughs> yes, you've got a melting pot. <laughs> and where are you located? Where are you located? In Sydney. In Sydney? Yep. In Sydney. So I've got a website, the Wellbeing Toolkit. Yes. I'm there you. And I'll, I work one on one with clients, but I also have a program called Unpause, the natural menopause program, which is an eight module program that you can work through in your own time. It's a, a series of short little videos with worksheets to download and it goes through all the key elements of, you know, what to talk to your doctor about, Perfect. what's going on in your body, your exercise, your, your stress management, all those kinds of things. And the idea being that you build up your toolkit of, of things that work for you. Love it. And so can people get that from your website? Like that's a, a program. So they can be anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. It's an online program. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. So that's the wellbeing toolkit. The details will be in the show notes if you want to reach out to Anya and find out more information. And personal training, is that in person or online as well? Uh, the personal training I do more in person. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm on the North Shore do Pilates classes, bar classes, outdoor fitness, and then some one-on-one sessions as well. Perfect. So I know, I know some of the Happiness Hive listeners are in your neighborhood. So for those yeah. listeners, you could reach out to Anya, but for the other programs, information that Anya's got is online programs and her contact details are in the show notes. A bunch of blogs there that you can have a read of. And yeah. Like yeah. And, and just, I guess our parting words, what would your parting kind of tip be for I think you've shared so many yeah being aware of the choices that you make choosing consciously yeah and aim for aim aim for being good in inverted commas 80 percent of the time yeah yeah you know and when you choose to have those celebrations and whatever it is that you you're indulging in enjoy it do it consciously don't waste your time on guilt if you can avoid it there you know just be kind to yourself yeah and being kind to yourself might involve you know, make yourself get up a little bit earlier so that you can do a little bit of exercise in the morning or you can do that meditation. If you're finding that that's what's helping you sleep better, then, you know, that's part of what being kind to yourself is. So Yeah, yeah. My gran used to say, my grandmother used to say, everything in moderation. It's like, you know, have the chocolate cake, you know, in moderation. Don't let anything be too consuming. So I think that conscious choices and my parting tip would be just you do you. (laughs) Like do life your way for all of our listeners. 
you know, there are some things that we've shared, but at the end of the day, you need to do what is right for you. And so you do you, Boo. It's having that confidence in yourself to know what's right for you. Like you were saying with going to that doctor, this is what I need to do for me. And even if you're going to try and put me down, that's that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah. 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 Beautiful. Well, thank you very much for that. Big hugs and happiness. And I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Anna. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, oh, my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.